Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm voting for America means I'm voting for Joe Biden. Cheers. You must stay at home. You may only leave home for specific reasons, including for education, for work. Let's say if you cannot work from home. The Department of Public Health will once again issue a stay-at-home advisory. We've also updated the gatherings order to reduce the gathering limit of private homes to 10 people for indoor gatherings and 25 people for outdoor gatherings, that all gatherings inside, outside, and private homes or event venues need to end by 9.30. I signed an updated face covering order. The new order requires everyone above the age of five to wear a face covering in public. We're making this clear for everyone. No more exceptions and no exemptions. Ah, uh, 2020. The year of the gatherings order. <laughs> the year of the face coverings order. No exceptions. Jesus. Has government lost its prime freaking directive or what? <laughs> what a day. Uh. What a day. So uh, uh, there is increased heightened intrigue about our guest. We're going to talk to in a moment. Uh, VB. And yes, I'm seeing online the same stuff you're seeing. Sometimes in life, new subjects, sometimes in life, when stuff happens at a job, you're not allowed to talk about it. I'm not saying that's what happened in this case. That's just a good rule for life in general. Good rule for life in general. But perhaps you'll be able to, you'll be able to glean uh, what you've come looking for uh, when we speak to him in just a moment. So... We've got so much to talk about. I mean, I feel bad that we didn't spend the time we needed to on the chicken wing yesterday. Then again, the biggest election of the last hundred years is tomorrow. Um, and from chicken wings to chicken terrorism, we had a domestic <laughs> attack right here at the Shattuck household. And it was witnessed by Alice K. Shattuck, uh, Social Security number 036921482. <laughs> 
Alice, uh, tell the people what they need to know about the events of earlier this morning. Right. So I was by the kitchen window and I saw something flash by kind of over by our fence near the driveway. So I thought maybe it was just like out of the corner of my eye. So I thought maybe a car was coming up the driveway or something. So I kind of looked over there and I'm like, no, it's just the chickens out in the yard. One chicken was up on the ramp by the little door you've seen them come out of in Tom's videos. And then I did a double take because the chicken on the ramp was not a chicken, but Mm -hmm. a huge hawk that was looking down at all the chickens who were scurrying around the yard freaking out because obviously there's a large predatory bird so i like ran out i opened the door and went out there and um kind of shouted and it went i went well i called tom because tom was in the next room too and i know he loves to always see the wildlife so i went tom and the bird took off and uh you saw it circling away as it as it went away up the hill yeah the woods. it's quite a thing man <laughs> seeing that big bastard get up and get uh airborne and get out of there but yes, another near miss. Thankfully, he didn't destroy any of our chickens. Although we got to get those guys in there soon because it is dark. Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Somebody changed the the time. Nightfalls on us now, and so <laughs> it's know. dark. And so they're going to try to uh, the different creatures are going to try to kill him. When is Trump going to announce that he's ending the daylight savings time changes? By the way, because that would really clinch tomorrow for him. I think. Well, I think that Trump is one of these guys who's going to do some stuff going out the door, including. Probably some bold pardons. Um, if he has to go out the door. If he doesn't have to go out the door, we'll see. But uh, there's a lot going on, as we talked about earlier. I, I do feel but Let's just get right to the... Okay. We'll get... Um, we'll just get to the lockdowns and we'll jump on with Phoebe in a moment. So the United Kingdom, which is led by Boris Johnson, who I used to really, really love, uh, they've shut down their world. And so now is the time to take action because there is no alternative. And from Thursday until the start of December, you must stay at home. You may only leave home for specific reasons, including for education, for work, let's say if you cannot work from home, for exercise and recreation outdoors with your household or or on your own, uh, with one person from another household, (laughs) uh, for medical reasons, appointments, uh, and to escape. All right, now, who all's that? How many from each household? <laughs> Let's see, four, five. According to our census, there's only six people in your household. That makes one extra. Injury or, or harm. To shop for food and essentials and to provide care for vulnerable people or as a volunteer. I'm afraid non-essential shops, leisure and entertainment venues will all be closed. Pubs, bars, restaurants must close except for takeaway and delivery services. Frigger. I can't imagine that. God, that sucks too. On the good side, if there is still an England left, <laughs> it'll be cheaper to fly there in a couple of years. And if there's any bars or anything left. If there's any airlines left, it might be right. cheaper to take the boat to England. I'll hit your ride with Greta next time she comes to, uh, <laughs> to uh, Manhattan. There will be some differences compared to March. These measures above all will be time limited, starting Thursday, the 5th of November, they'll end on Wednesday, the 2nd of December, when we'll seek to ease restrictions going back into uh, the tiered uh, system on a local... They'll seek to ease restrictions. They'll Hmm. really try. They'll seek to ease restrictions. One of the reasons you see, that, that we're seeing up here, some days and some geographies around here, the grocery stores have no paper towels. 
sometimes you're allowed to have one. <laughs> the other day, the grocery store I went to, which is a huge one, it's all out of mushrooms. And I said, I was looking for canned mushrooms. I said, wow, there's no canned mushrooms. And I was with my daughter, and, and the woman in front of us said, yep, it's uh, every day this week I've been here looking for them. They're all out. All of them are out. Canned mushrooms. So what's happening here is because the staggered stutter start stop uh, parts of the economy in the United States and in the world are creating crazy um, shortfalls in in supply shortfalls. Yeah, it's like in, weird supply chain right. confusion, <clears throat> like things get messed up. It's really hard to buy taco dinner kits, like the just yeah. the regular like old El Paso. I don't understand. They're like hard to get now. I'm like buying the the options are limited. I can only buy like the fajita style mm -hmm. or the Dorito flavor. There's no like normal taco kits. One really of the things that makes me uh, fat is probably the thing that I enjoy most that makes me fat next to <laughs> is um, Progresso clam sauce. So Progresso brand. It's Progresso, right? It brand clam mm -hmm. sauce. It's gorgeous blue can. Not the Bumble. That's the one I... No, Bumble, I don't like it. But, but this Progresso... And, or Bumblebee or whatever and, it is. Um, yeah. And it's garlicky and beautiful. It's just wonderful. Used, for those of you in the clamshell, clam sauce, you know you know what I mean. This stuff is the creme Is de anyone creme. else in America in the canned clam they sauce They are. Business? This stuff flies off the shelves. Well, here's the point is that it, there, I, it has been gone. It is gone. Hmm. I have not seen it for months. Hmm. It's just uh, gone. So, uh, in case you thought, thank God we cast off the the uh, imperial uh, the the tyranny of the English crown government, <laughs> you know, because you know God knows, thankfully, that that could never happen in uh, the United States of America. And the data suggests that if we don't ramp up the fight to disrupt rising trends, we will have a serious problem on our hands in the not too distant future. We have an army of resources and surveillance available to us like increased testing, a stockpile mm -hmm. of ventilators and PPE that can last us through 2021, the ability to quickly stay... Yeah, well, the point is that he gets to... that that, that he, he everything's closed. So you can't go outside. I played it in the intro here. I'll just play the intro again. That way you'll get what Biden is... Biden... Biden... Baker saying... I'm voting for America. That's Lady Gaga. I'm voting for Joe Biden. Cheers. You must stay at home. You may only leave Cheers home for specific him. reasons, including for education, for work. Let's say if you cannot work from home. The Department of Public Health will once again issue a stay-at-home advisory. We've also updated the gatherings order to reduce the gathering limit of private homes to 10 people for indoor gatherings and 25 people for outdoor gatherings. That all gatherings inside, outside, and private homes or event venues need to end by 9.30. I signed an updated <laughs> face covering order. The new order requires everyone above the age of five to wear a face covering in public. We're making this clear for everyone. No more exceptions and no exemptions. No more exceptions, no exemptions. Um, there are no more exceptions and exemptions, but you will be pleased to know that if you were planning on peacefully protesting on Tuesday night, the order doesn't go into effect until Friday. So... Tuesday night, you are still good. You can stay out past 9.30 p.m. You can gather in groups of more than 25 outdoors. Uh, you will not be arrested for your lack of face covering uh, if you can show that you're distanced enough. So th that is this a goes great into effect on Friday. So you are safe. Your peaceful protests in Boston mm -hmm. will be 
free the ones that have required everybody to board up everything and create barricades because we expect there's going to be extremely peaceful protests <laughs> in Boston. Exactly. And it's funny in Boston, people are saying election uh, nerves expected to be heightened. So, and so they're reporting up storefronts. Like, really? I think it, we have a thousand National it, Guard troops here for the peaceful protests. Yes, but protests. Is, it, is it election? Um, you know, is it re- election reaction? Or is it people on the left who have been destroying stuff and tend to go out and destroy stuff more and more and more? It's not election reaction. This is Massachusetts. They're not allowed Trump, <laughs> Trump voters to do anything. And they don't do that. So it doesn't matter. But, uh, oh, my God. You know what? Oh, yes. Okay. So, once again, I have seen today. We'll get to it. We've got a lot of audio. audio uh, okay. Okay, Joe Biden over there. We have a lot of audio. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> I don't know. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad health care. What a day. What a day. I never believed there would be this much in jeopardy. Oh. We launched our campaign over on the Oval. Back in 29, May 2019. <laughs> but, you know, what I said then, we've been through a lot since then. Okay. VB. Okay, we are having a uh, convention of uh, all sorts right now. VB is on. That is Doug Gowdy to you. And uh, you know him from the Howie Car Show, from Fox 25, and um, from um, VB in the Middle on WRKO. Now, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably saying, well, there's scuttlebutt about what VB's up to on the internet. And um, yes, there is scuttlebutt on what VB's up to on the uh, internet. And uh, if you're listening Wednesday, uh, you know what? I don't know how to say anything without saying anything. So I don't know anything. VB, how are you? Well said. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am good. So much is changing um, in the world, and I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. But how are you doing? Well, for starters, I'm calling you from my house. But based on the governor's uh, just now finished presser, should I have a mask on? Even though I'm in my, are we even allowed to meet like this? Is it too much? Like, what's the ruling on this? Yeah, no, I like the idea that um, it's a no matter what, essentially the way to bridge to finally stamp out the disease, Baker told us, is to start with masks. And there's nobody in the healthcare industry who's, who's saying that you're going to snuff out the disease by wearing masks. Really, it's just to ameliorate the pain while we get to a, um, a vaccine. But that's how it is. So, VB, just, and we're not going to spend any time uh, on this. If anybody wanted to know what's up in your world at all, you still tweet, right? VB the Wise on Twitter, Shattuck, and you can always find out what I'm up to at that point, at that location, yes. All right. Will you, is there any chance that perhaps anything new and surprising might be, uh, to, might be uh, transmitted through that medium? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I changed my bio today just to simplify, and it mentions the sports teams that I like and that I have four children. So, Huh. Okay, yeah, there is something different from that. I have noticed somebody actually on Twitter brought it to my attention that something, uh, four letters are missing that used to be on that bio that are no longer on that bio. But you can go to VB's Twitter, follow him on Twitter. This is my chance to surpass you on Twitter, hopefully. Jesus. What are you up to now? You're still in the 7,000s? <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. 
It's funny. It's almost. I don't, it's almost I don't think I'm the goal. Based on some of your other friends, I think those are the people you should be going after, not me. But you, for some reason, this is an obsession with yours that you're somehow going to catch me. Seven thousand nine hundred eight Twitter followers. That is ridiculous. And I'm down. It's like seven thousand forty something. This is. You know, I don't ask for much. I remember when I started Twitter, I didn't know anything about it, so I went to you, which was obviously a mistake. But you said, that's cute. You want a little Twitter page. I mean, you're never going to be me, but fine, start a thing up. That was what you said. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, I didn't expect it to be the threat that it later became. It's <laughs> a big shot at, a, at another publication at the time. And <laughs> thought, you know what? I mean, this cute little kid at this little station is doing his thing, but... You know, I'll humor him. That was the attitude, the vibe I got. And then look what happened. You never know. You know, so author, forefather. What the hell is forefather? Does it mean father of four? Is that, not, is that a cool thing to say? Did your wife that do this? That is a very cool thing, yes. Did Coco do this? Did she put that in there for you? My wife does not participate in Twitter in any way, shape, or form. She has no knowledge of any of that. Sox, Celts, Bruins, Falcons fan. Hmm. Falcons fan. How are the Falcons? I think they're better than the, than the whole ta- hometown team this year, right? Lock it down. <laughs> shut it down. Right. That's what I say. I was excited the NFL came back, but now shut it down. Oh, God, it's been off. Yeah, well, I mean, it may shut down, actually. Or, or I don't even know. You think we're going to get through this season? Think we get go through this season into a February Super Bowl? Yes. Really? Why have we gotten through? Yes. Why have we gotten through seven weeks? And why would it be different? Like, well, I, I don't understand. This has always been the thing where... When life happens, there is good that happens with life, and then there is, you know, some struggles, too. But what sports has shown us is we can work through this. And everybody goes, yeah, but it's just in a bubble. Baseball wasn't in a bubble. And baseball had some hiccups, but guess what? They worked on, they persevered, and guess what? They mm-hmm. survived and they made it. By the way, have you seen any uh, COVID counts on the Dodgers lately? Because I was told in the last game of the World Series, when Justin Turner went out there after he tested positive, that all hell was going to break loose. But I haven't heard of one guy associated with that team testing positive since then. And we're still within the window, aren't we? But yet no one's got it, even though he was hugging everybody and high-fiving everybody. Every single COVID case came out of uh, Donald Trump and his rallies. That's the only thing I know. That at least 30,000 people seen and spent the weekend, weekend talking to me about 30,000 people. This is like, this is the well, worst. Go ahead. If ever you needed proof of where we're at in the country, whatever you think of Trump, whatever you think of the politics, all of that, the fact that, that was it the L.A. Times that tried to quantify how many people have gotten sick as a result of attending a Trump rally and have died? What did they say? 200 people have died? Mm-hmm. You know, through friends of a friends of a friends, they've gotten coronavirus and somehow they've tried to trace it back through a six degrees of separation. And yet no paper has ever in any town tried to quantify if anybody's ever gotten sick at any peaceful protest, quote unquote. Do you think maybe they're biased just a little? No, I know. I know. And actually, the people meekly try to suggest that the the, vir- the, um, the protests actually aren't spreading events as it were. And uh, earlier in the summer, and I, thought, I, I don't understand how yelling at somebody point blank as they attempt right. to have a Pinot Grigio and a Washington, D.C. restaurant. I don't know how that is not a super spreader event. But Charlie Baker is mad at us again because we screwed up. So we are now to wear masks everywhere outside. Walking alone outside, you have to wear a mask. 
You know, yep. that's just, just in your yard. Apparently, right. in your yard, if exactly. you're outside, you got to. That's why I'm asking you. Like the door is open in my sunroom, and we're airing some stuff out. I'm like, do I have to have a mask on here? Like, what's right. the ruling on this? And no in, more than ten right. people in your house at any time, regardless of the circumstances. And you better not have people over to watch football. He said. Yes, yes, he got very angry about that earlier. And there's um, and and so now. Not only that, but uh, you know, there's this curfew now. You got to shelter in place, stay in the house during overnights, and you can only go out if you have something very important to do, um, or there's a health situation. You have to go to the drugstore, or maybe the grocery store, or it says, or if you need to go for a walk. It actually says, in there. <laughs> or apparently it, restaurants though. can do takeout, even though we're all ordered to stay in our house. Like, can I go get my Chinese food or not at ten o'clock? I don't know. What the ruling is on that. Look, I'll say this about Charlie. We have fun with him. But I will forever tell you he's better than the alternative. And what he's doing is way better than if somebody else, say the attorney general, for example, was actually the governor. Because if you think a a real Democrat was in office right now, that schools would be open, you are sadly mistaken. Mm -hmm. If you think that lockdown wouldn't be 24-7, you are sadly mistaken. If you think there wouldn't be fines associated with this mask mandate, whether that's constitutional or not, you can decide. But if you think that wouldn't happen under a Democratic governor, you're mistaken. So you may not like Charlie, but the old phrase about he's the leper with the most fingers, he really is in this case for us. And although we don't love him, He's doing a lot better than what the alternative would. I can guarantee you that. Well, I mean, he could also be Sweden, Charlie. You know, he he could also be, you know, he could also, he is partly the alternative. And that's the problem. No, he is, unfortunately, uh, those guys, especially if you're an old person, (laughs) you know, unfortunately, he was, uh, he had, uh, he has a shaky record where that stuff is concerned, but I'm sorry. Well, I I don't know how that goes. I mean, I don't know how people are still dying in nursing homes. Like, aren't nursing homes being sterilized every five seconds i mean how i I assume the elderly are they're not like meeting at the puzzle room anymore so in a nursing home how is it that this stuff is still there and is still spreading i don't quite understand how this works because if there's one thing you know that he knows that's where it is and we've known it for six months and you would think they would be taking every Everyone there's wearing masks. Everyone there's social distancing. No one's touching anything there, and yet people keep dying there. Yeah, but I mean, the masks and all this stuff, it only really goes so far. At some point, you know, it's going to get in. And, um, you know, the the fact is that nursing homes in general, this it, this is just shining a light on it, but they've always been somewhat of an embarrassment. I mean, you say, aren't they sanitizing everything every five seconds? I doubt that. I doubt that they are. The workers are underpaid for the level of work that they want to do. They're um, they're terrible for the elderly. They're so such just sad, awful places. And now, like with no visitors and all this stuff. But the truth is, you're going to get people who've been exposed to this virus. They're going to go into the nursing homes, like the people that work there and stuff. And the masks reduce spread a lot. But um, but it it it's not a hundred percent. You know, the mask. If you if the person who has it wears the mask and the person who's exposed wears the mask, then you can you know reduce the spread like eighty percent or something. But you know, some of these people are very frail, and that's enough to take them out. So, I mean, I don't know how you stop it unless you really do this, like, Asian-style contact tracing where it's, like, mandatory. You're locked in your house for 14 days if you know anyone who tests positive, you know. And 
I, I just don't think that's going to fly in the United States. But but our, our nursing homes are terrible. I mean, they're terrible. They were terrible before the pandemic, but this just exposes it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I talked to this. Uh, I talked to somebody. People who listen to this podcast have heard it a thousand times. But somebody who runs a hospital in Massachusetts near Lowell and somebody who's, who's in, involved in a network full of hospitals. She said there's no – there is no – and I, I asked using flu season. She said there's no – there's no um, threat of running short of supplies, so they are ready for anything, and um, and you know they've got to, the treatments have so vastly improved that we're not going to unless something happens changes that we're not going to get another um, another mid-April like we got. So like that's not going to happen. But also, VB, am I wrong to still wonder whatever happened to flatten the curve and then we can do stuff again? Well, he would, he told you today for what it's worth. I'm now I sound like I'm the governor's PR guy, but he <laughs> said we're better, stronger, smarter than we were. However, if we're going to continue to be lax as we are, we can run into trouble again. You can believe that or not, but that's what he believes. And so that's why he's doing it. The question is the first person when this ended, I contacted, I said, you hear what the governor said? And they said, yeah, but so what? Like the question is, how long do people listen? How long do people care? How long do people follow this stuff? I mean, if you go to the gym at 1030 at night, guess what? You're not going to the gym at 1030 at night, but that's not a lot of people. Um, the mask thing, that sounds nice. It's, it's no different than it was, which is if you don't want to wear a mask, you know what? We're going to say, yeah, but you should wear a mask. Like there's no one's getting arrested. No one's getting fined. No one's getting clubbed for not wearing a mask as of yet. I mean, who knows if Trump wins the election, what will happen? All bets are off. But there is no teeth to the thing other than him talking tough at a press conference. So it's up to people to decide what they want to do or not. Well, are you going to wear a mask out in your yard? No. Why would I do that? I wear a mask when I'm outside in a group and when I'm around strangers. I will participate in that. That's in my yard. I'm not going to wear one. Why if would you, I do that? If you There's go no on a here. walk in the woods, so like we go to Maudsley Park in Newburyport and we walk yeah. and we'll have a mask like in our pocket, you know, and if we're passing by another group, we'll put them on. But that's it. But that's fine. But like, I'm do you wear a mask? That. But do you wear a mask when you're just because we see most of the people we see out no. there walking, they're like a hundred yards away from another human being, and they have a mask on. But that's fine. That's up to them. I mean, if well, whatever yeah, no, people know, are but... comfortable with. But and Charlie said no exceptions now, so I assume more people are going to get mask chains now. But fine. I mean. There is a reasonable exception. If I am in my yard, there's no reason to assume I'm going to come in contact with somebody, and I'm fine. If I'm a, if I'm in the park across the way, I'm doing what you guys did. Fresh air is good for me, and I'm going to take it in up until I see someone or hear someone coming, and then I'll put a mask on. That's just how it is. What did you guys do for for Halloween? Uh, I saw some pictures. Excellent costumes, by the way. I got to say. I gotta say, God, Jesus! Yeah, we killed it. I just went into my kitchen. My mother-in-law is here. I needed, I needed eyes while I'm doing the podcast. So I told my mother-in-law to watch the kids, and I said, "No candy." Of course, I just checked, and they're all whipping through their pumpkins as we speak. But you know what was interesting about that? We were told by whatever that national survey is that the number one sought-after candy in Massachusetts was Junior Mints. <laughs> no one gave out. Jun- we have yeah. no. Jun- I'm like that's laughable. No one gives out junior mints, and sure enough, we the one candy we didn't get any of was junior mints because nobody gives out junior mints at all. Yeah, oh my that's god, madness. Alice, what is that uh, uh, message we just got? It uh, has to, I don't know. I can't see it, it on my device. I have kids all over me. Huh? Interesting. 
You're being talked about on social media, VB, for some reason. That, uh, huh. that must be my son's Babe Ruth costume for <laughs> Halloween. I'm glad they liked it. But. So, Shattuck, let me ask you this. And Alice is the one I mean when I say Shattuck because she's the brains of the operation and everybody knows that. The brains and the brawn, literally. Um, am I right to think that tomorrow or whenever we find out who wins this election, am I right to think we're about to witness Scott Brown part two? And what I mean by that is Scott Brown's initial election when he beat Martha Coakley was stunning and shocking and nobody could ever believe it. But then when the Dems said, okay, that didn't happen again, and they got their bleep together, even though they ran a weak candidate, it didn't matter because they have the numbers. Is that going to happen this time? And even though they don't love Biden, it doesn't matter because they have the numbers and they're going to stop this phenomenon. Um, I think that's certainly the hope. And I think that's what you're seeing in the polls. I can't shake the feeling that I think Trump's going to outperform his polls quite a bit. I don't know that it will be enough. But when I see these polling numbers that are coming out, this like, you know, Biden up in Texas and Biden up 17 points in Wisconsin and Biden up five in Florida, I just don't buy that. I do tend to think that probably I I think it's more likely than not that Biden's going to win based on the polling numbers because the polls would really have to be off quite a bit. But I just I I can't quite believe that Biden is where they're saying he is in the polls. I, I just it doesn't but don't seem you right worry like Pennsylvania is the perfect thing, right, where he bears. Trump out of nowhere surprised. We know that there was a large, we're going to sit this one out on the Democratic side in 16. So if all those people come back, and it sure looks like they are based on early voting numbers, Trump then has to pick up people. Right. Who is he picking up ever in any state other than the hard base? What he's got to hope is there's people that go, Jesus, I hate this guy, and I've always hated this Mm -hmm. guy, but you know what? The economy was pretty good before coronavirus, and I'm going to go for it. He's got to pick up, I'll grant you, there are a few of those people, but he's got to pick up a fair amount of those people in like the Keystone State. And I just, I just wonder if the math is just insurmountable here, like it was for Warren versus Brown. I mean, that's true. That's true. But I will say, and this is totally anecdotal, but while I... Um, while I do know people who are voting for Trump this time who didn't last time, kind of like the Republicans coming home to Trump who really weren't there in 2016, I I don't know anyone who voted for Trump last time who's not voting for him this time. Oh, I do. And, I know I know a number of those people. Those I actually wonder. I think that's one of the great exit polls that we're going to have to find out is mm-hmm. how many people that didn't vote for him in 16 did and how many that did in 16 didn't. Yeah, I'm really and curious I don't about know. that because I don't know those. And I guess I just hang around in different circles, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know them. And, you know, I see these exit poll numbers. They're saying that, like, out of people that have already voted in the U.S., that, um, you know, like 13 percent of registered Republicans have voted for Biden out of people that have already voted. And I like I. I can't imagine that that's true of Republicans in general, maybe out of the ones that have early voted. But, um, you know, I know probably a few. I think the never Trump numbers as well. I think that people, but Bobby Orr's endorsement told you a lot. Bobby Orr said, look, you may not like what he tweets. You may not like how he talks and you may not like the things he does. I mean, that's from a guy that's in an endorsement ad. Like when you're acknowledging that so upfront, 
for every Bobby Orr that's out there, there's another guy that goes, yeah, I don't like it, and I won't vote for the guy. I just can't do it. And when you're talking about soccer moms, if that's really still a thing, you just wonder, were there soccer moms that said, all right, I'll hold my nose even with a Billy Bush tape because, you know, what, we need a fresh face and we got to drain the swamp or whatever. Have they looked at this for four years and said, okay, that's enough now? We don't know. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we'll all find out together on Tuesday or whenever. Although I tend to be of the belief, I think we'll know Tuesday night into Wednesday morning what's happening. But I, you know, I just, um, you know, I see these endorsements too. Bobby Orr's wasn't the only one that went that way that said, I think Trump's an awful person, but uh, we're, I'm going to vote for him anyway. And um, And I think that's a sentiment that's out there, especially, especially the Democrats. I think the Hunter Biden stuff is less of a big deal, but I think the court packing thing hurt Biden. Anecdotally, we've had a few people message us and say, actually people in New Hampshire and in North Carolina message us and say, you know, I didn't vote for Trump before. I don't really like him. I'm not really a Republican, but if the Democrats get the presidency and Congress, they're going to pack the court. They're going to, abolish the filibuster they're going to add statehood for dc and puerto rico and guam and every other place they're going to do everything they can to totally change the fabric of the country to pass a green new deal to do a nationwide lockdown i mean i i think that the democrats have made people a little worried about where they are and that Trump not they screwed it up. I mean, totally. You know this, Alice, and you're on it. You're right. I mean, if, if there was three, if the Democrats somehow lose, it's going to be pretty easy to pinpoint. The most damaging thing the Democrats ever did was propose this Green New Deal thing. If they really wanted that, they should have kept their mouth shut because right. that hurts. That guys like me are like, look, I don't love some of the things Trump does, and I'm worried about Trump when he doesn't have a reelection. I am nervous about what he is capable of doing and what he'll do just to do it. However, I don't want a Green New Deal in any way, shape, or form. I don't want free tuition for everybody because I know I'm not going to be able to afford that. I don't want living, you know, checks every month going out to people like Ed Markey said until further notice. I mean, some of this stuff is just crazy. It's like Jack Nicholas said in his thing, look, you can call it socialism or you can call it whatever you want. That's not the America that we all signed up for. And that's not the America we want to lead to our kids. Had they kept that stuff to themselves, they would, court packing is another one. Why announce that? Right. But they can't help themselves. They get in their own way. Republicans do too. I'll grant you. But the Dems, all they had to do was say, we're not him. We're not going to be crazy. And we're not going to do crazy stuff. We're just not going to be him. They would have won this thing. Right, but passion- instead, they got in their own way and said, we're going to be the exact opposite of him and all the way over to the left. And we're going to take rid of, get rid of everything he's done. And we're going to go back to the days of windmills and bicycles. And people are like, really? Really? Right. Well, and yeah, and, but that's what the passion in the party is. That's exciting to people. And that's a bigger, it makes for a more fierce, more fangy repudiation of everything Trump is it, you know what, it, it's almost punitive measure. You know what, after all this that we've been through the last four years, yes, we're doing a Green New Deal. Trump's cronies in big in big oil and fossil fuels, whatever, they're not going to, those days are over. Beto O'Rourke's going to be in charge of gun bag buyback programs, said Joe Biden, by the way. Or Liz Warren yeah. at Treasury, that's right. a scary thought. Yes, okay. all this stuff. And also, you, you said packing the courts and the filibuster and statehood for, I mean, they're serious about this stuff. And so I think, that and it's certainly some voters on the on the right will look at that and say, or in the middle will look at that and say, no, 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 this guy may be an a hole, and that's why what Bobby Orr was saying. 
that, hey, listen, I understand if you think he's a jackass, but um, this isn't about that. This is about the other things. Actually, the, the Lowell Sun had an intricate editorial over the weekend that, that said the same thing, as a matter of fact. That just on a number, this is a math problem we have as we get out from under this virus, and we need a guy who's good for the math that makes the numbers work, and that's Trump, and he might be a jerk, but that's Trump. But um, so, but I, I also don't. He, he would have to manufacture voters now. The, the Trump supposedly the Trump campaign, and there has been coverage, has been creating new first-time voters. But they would have to be creating an awful lot of first-time voters. That's hard. Yes, that's hard to do. I'll yes. tell you. And then every time you lose one. That means your work is doubled. It's just, it's tough. And that's the, mm -hmm. that's the conundrum of Trump. Yeah. You want a guy that's going to flip over the table when he keeps flipping it over. And then why in God's name would they say, I don't understand this. They, you saw this today where they said they're already vetting people for like seven cabinet positions because they're going to whack all of these guys if they get reelected. Just wait till you get there. We don't need to be talking about that because what you're announcing to people is we're going to absolutely kick off chaos part two once we get in there again. Right. I, I was surprised that they made that public. Yeah, no, that is I, didn't, I hadn't heard that, but that sounds just. Oh, yeah. They're moronic. talking about the HHS position, for example. They're talking about education. You heard him say they were chanting fire Fauci last night. I don't know how that plays based yeah. on polling. But Trump said, just let me get in there and I'll take care of that. I mean, I, right. that, I don't know. Yeah, that I think was him saying the forbidden at a rally, which they love. But education, I mean, Betsy DeVos has done everything they could ask her for her to do. I don't see the. What do you want Alex Azar to do? And that's the thing. What is Trump? What does he want out of his HHS secretary? Someone who's just going to say what Trump says is what this thing's over? Yeah. Or does he want somebody to give people the information that they, that they know to be true? And if he's getting rid of Azar, then he doesn't want a guy who's giving people the straight story. And that should worry you a little bit. Again, if Trump loses, he's got no one but himself to blame. The idea right. that this is some crazy conspiracy and they're, they're having dead people vote or people vote multiple times and they're rigging the thing. Trump had made this so much harder for himself than he needed to. And we, we all know it. That's the conundrum of Trump is that if you could just tweak it a little bit, it would be so much easier, but he just gets in his own way. I agree. And I would say if Trump is blown out tomorrow night or for a lot of people listening to this, it's tonight. Um, then, then I would simply look back to as the emblematic point, look back to in May mid coronavirus crisis trump tweeting about scarborough killing the intern and that's where his mind was for that amount of time at that period of time <laughs> is indefensible and i mean if somebody were to argue and say explain this moment away to me tell me how this makes sense and this is something that he should have been doing there's no answer for it there's no good answer um and you know yeah you could you could definitely see that as far as if biden somehow loses tomorrow night i mean he is, after all, if you and I a year ago had this conversation, actually, we were having it back when the world was open a year ago. He is Joe Biden. At his best, he is not good. He has never been good. He's always been a gaff machine for like, radio producers like you were, VB, in the 90s, and, and I was. He was the drop you had to have was the whatever Biden said next. He's not good. His mind isn't there. The, the, that he went into semi-retirement a few weeks ago or a month ago, whatever, when this thing got down to it. Oh God, I mean, I don't even know how Democrats, there's so many reasons why Biden screwed. And his running mate is an, is an absolute nobody. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could see how 
if you're a Democrat, you've you've got to be saying this. You know what that would mean for the Democratic Party? They say, forget it. This is for now on. This is the party of Bernie, and this time we mean it going forward. No more of this crap. Well, right. I mean, they spent their whole primary yelling at each other about whether or not they should make private health insurance illegal. Like, so that's where they've been this whole time. And, you know, so at that point, yeah, I guess out of that crew, I guess I'll take Joe Biden. But I just have no faith that Joe Biden is going to be. Well, what's funny about that is, Alice, is that Biden was the less radical of the choices generally. I mean, Klobuchar was just, you were too afraid, period. But Biden (laughs) seemed to be a lot less radical. Kamala didn't know where she stood at the moment, you know, from one debate to the next. And Tulsi took her down. But generally, people warned and Biden and and Buttigieg looked like he was 10. So you, you went with Biden. But what was crazy about it is once Biden got it, he didn't then say to them, "Okay, we got the radicals. Let's take it easy. He said, no, no, I'll go radical for you. It's a complete miscalculation. And again, I don't I don't know if it's going to cost them, but I just don't understand how that made sense in any way, shape or form. Um, And I don't know how when you're just trying to be the alternative to Trump, you felt like you also had to be crazy, exact opposite of Trump. One of the problems we have in politics right now, and this is a problem with Trump, Trump grades everything he does through an Obama lens. Mm -hmm. Who cares what Obama did? It shouldn't matter at all for Trump. But for Trump, it is. I'm not doing what he's doing, or I'm undoing what he did, and I'm doing it better than he did. Who cares? Obama's over. You should be doing you. But Biden's then going to do the same thing to Trump if he gets in. We took care of all the Trump stuff. And so this is now the the vicious circle we're in. Just whoever gets in undoes the last guy, and that's some sort of victory. I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I think with Trump, with the Obama comparisons, he uses that in the full spectrum of the media treatment Obama got compared to the treatment he gets. And the the treatment he gets is, to Trump, you know, very important. That's a high priority. (laughs) And how unfairly he feels he's getting. And I do think it's it's, – although – one of the things I don't, I didn't like about the Trump administration so far is I don't like when he blames stuff on Obama. You know, this is Obama left us a depleted military. Obama did this and that, and that was one of the things, of course, that I didn't like about Obama because he was always we inherited this economy with this we inherited. Right. But everybody's doing this now. No one has right. any. This is one of the things with Trump. I don't know why it would be so hard for him to say. If, you know, if you had it to do over again, would you handle coronavirus differently? Anybody who doesn't say yes to that clearly isn't looking in the mirror. But Trump would never admit it. He's, he said, I did everything right. And we do it. We talk about the travel ban again. OK, but of course, there's missteps, mistakes. For starters, I wouldn't have sent that ship to New York because they never used it and they didn't need it. You know how much that cost? I wouldn't have sent the ship to California. But again, we were doing things because we thought we had to at the time. But yes, of course, there were mistakes and nobody wants 200,000. There was just, there's just a little lack. No one thinks the guy's ever going to be humble, but a little bit of, uh, of understanding of what's going on and being allowed to take not even criticism, just a understanding of no one can be perfect in a pandemic. It's okay to admit that. But again, Cuomo has the same problem on the left. He'll just continue to pretend and let the people on The View tell him, no one handled this better than you. And he goes, well, thank you. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. funny how we were able to make it happen. Nobody can ever just go, yeah, you know what? This is tough. These are hard things. And we'll never know. It's more egregious with Cuomo. You know, Trump, Trump was sending the ship around, showed a federal response. And yes, it turned out to be simply symbolic. But at least it showed something that only the federal government could do. 
with Cuomo. You know, he's yeah, Trump a- said we're going to zero. He said that in March. Let's not pretend. He's saying now we've rounded the corner. Yes. We have? Right, right. Although I don't. Well, in a sense, we have, in the sense that all the, all the dead people, people are still dying. Right. But the dead people, the massive herd of dead people happened happened a few months ago. And But I do. We don't know that. We don't know if that's true. Right. True. There well, could be 300,000 right. dead by March. Sure. We don't know what the numbers are. But you could also say, you know, his job as a leader is to not is to not scare the people. No, even if in his mind he knows we're all going to die, his job as a leader is to give everybody you know, the a, a feeling of, uh, you know, of hope. But that's silly. I mean, we all know how this should be done. Churchill set the blueprint for it during the war. This sucks. It's going to be tough. But I believe in you and we can do this. That's not that complicated. That yeah, was the blood, had, sweat, toil and tears yeah, speech. Trump has never given anything close to yeah, that. With Churchill, I don't know why people the feel the, the need to apologize. With Churchill, that. you had the sound of the screaming German German bombers overhead. You had city blocks in London decimated and people, you know, uh, big fires everywhere. Uh, and, you know, so there was there was what felt like absolutely an existential threat. That was to women, children, and everybody else. So it was it was easier for Churchill to be a little more uh, to the point. Um, well, yeah, and I I take umbrage with the whole contention about Trump not taking it seriously at the beginning because I think that at the beginning Trump was actually more serious about it than the left, and that um, you know the Woodward interview notwithstanding, I don't think anything was said in that interview that wasn't said at the time out loud. I mean, he had the travel ban. He got called xenophobic. Um, I was reading. I mean, my husband makes fun of me for being a prepper, but we did not have to go to the store for toilet paper when everybody else did because I did it the month before. You may, you may want to do that again, Alex, because I know way. I'm going to. I'm all ready to go here, but um, but. You know, I was reading about this on right wing blogs and websites and Twitter accounts, people saying, um, hi, China's welding people into buildings right now to control a pandemic. We might want to, like, prepare for the worst here. You know, this was right wing people saying this and the left was saying, like, no big deal. The flu is a bigger threat. Remember to get your flu shot. You all have, you know, a you're just not good at assessing risks. You're just idiots. You're just racists. Like, I mean, I see it. It went from everybody to the public health people in New York saying, absolutely get out here and celebrate in Chinatown for Chinese New Year. And it went all the way down to like people that I know personally posting on Facebook, you know, make sure that you support our Asian owned businesses in Malden because Trump is fomenting racism against them with this pandemic nonsense. He's ridiculous. You know, Trump got flack. There was, I read it to Tom a little while ago. I found an old article from March complaining about Trump's coronavirus response and complaining that he was too obsessed with masks and that he kept asking all the public health officials, well, if doctors wear them, then how come you're saying they don't work? How come you're telling people not to wear? So I can envision an alternate reality where Trump had like buckled down harder on coronavirus. And you know that if that had happened, if Trump had like doubled down and been full coronavirus, everybody locked down and been out there like in a hazmat suit with a face shield, that the left would have absolutely made huge fun of him, would have said the virus was not a threat. They would have been the anti-maskers. 
both sides completely just define themselves by what the other side is doing. It's total nonsense that it, to say that if Trump had come out and taken the virus more seriously, people would have said the left would have gone Alice, like, you have, "Oh, it's it, actually a very serious threat." Trump's right. Like they right they now, VB is texting his bulwark buddies, <laughs> and he is not happy to hear this full-on, full-throated support for uh, Donald Trump. It's I'm not a big Trump person, but I think VB, that- who said Trump should have done everything different, end quote today. VB, what say you? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I will forever tell people the biggest surprise in all of this is that Trump ever agreed to the shutdown of a lockdown for the 14 days to flatten the curve. I, I remember at the time talking to some never Trumpers and saying, whatever you think of him, I am stunned he's taking this that seriously and that he's agreeing to that. What you've seen is, I think over time, you know, that has a shelf life with him. But I, in an alternate universe for me, I can easily say, we see him saying, I don't care what's going on. We're not shutting down businesses and we're not shutting down travel and we're keeping the economy going. And then other states said, look, we're not playing by his rules anymore. He put people in a weird spot because he did do what you didn't think he was capable of doing mm -hmm. at the time. The problem is while he was doing it, he kept saying the numbers are really great. We're doing so awesome. And meanwhile, the body count kept going up and going up. And now he's, He's still doing that. For some reason, he feels like if he says that, then people will ignore some of the other stuff. I don't think he wins or loses on coronavirus. I don't. Uh, I think he, he loses in part due to math if he loses. And if he wins, he wins because of the economy. And people know that in the end, they still vote with their pocketbook and they trust him better in the next four years than they do Biden. I don't think the coronavirus decides this thing. All right, Phoebe. Um, so, by the way, and we're not done yet, Phoebe. Um, you can follow him at VB the Wise on Twitter, and let's see. Um, you can email him if you'd like to. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll pass it along to him if you I see You can buy him. his book Ack and Ashes. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. That's Ack and Ashes. It's a great book. The book about how uh, his uh, ancestors, the one percenters in Nantucket. Uh, uh, you know, survived the big uh, fire there 100 years ago while the poor people in the bucket brigades all died, but the uh, Gaudis safely made it out, completely <laughs> intact. You know what you'd find interesting about that, Shattuck, is I wrote that book when I was unemployed briefly. Uh, when I got laid off from then Fox 25, my wife said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I'd always like to write a book. And so that came as a result of that for what that's worth. Huh, that's interesting. Now... I thought you would think so. Let's see. Now, <laughs> well, new subject. Is there totally new subject? Is there any chance you'll be writing another book? Could be. I might be in that. Yeah, I might be working on one as we speak. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Who knows? You never know what's in store. And you're, you wrote another book about the, uh, in, um, I forgot, is it Peter's Ham? About there you go, Shaddix. You got that one. All right. Alice is rubbing off on you a little bit. Good. <laughs> that is your hometown, supposedly? Indeed. Peter's Ham. Peter's Ham. Although I I swear today, earlier, I heard you saying Cape Girardeau was your hometown, but maybe I'm just mixing things up <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. Um, so, uh, VB, what happens? So, let's say tomorrow night, uh, end of the night or early uh, Wednesday morning, uh, Joe Biden is um, – Biden uh, wins the presidency. First of all, what, do we need all these uh, all these reinforced storefronts 
uh, in all those barricades. If now? Biden wins, if Biden no. Wins. If Trump is winning and Trump declares victory, as he said he's going to do, well, then we'll see what happens. I think you will. But you know what my favorite storyline and one of the things I'm watching for, because I always try to like just step back from this and say, okay, what are things to keep an eye on? I love how these celebrities, Billy Baldwin was one of them over the weekend, that is absolutely hyperventilating over the fact that Trump says he might declare victory if he's winning. I, I'm unclear. Does that mean anything if Trump declares victory, Billy Baldwin? There's still a process. The states are still going to count their votes. And whether Trump says he won or not doesn't mean he won. I, I don't know why people feel the need to play by Trump's game rules every single time and act like Trump is some great evil that's going to steal some child from you when you're not looking every single time. But they're doing it again here that if Trump declares victory, we're going to have to go to war. No, (laughs) you're going to let the system play out like it would. And then the secretaries of state will declare victories for each state and they'll tally the thing. Trump declaring victory has nothing to do with anything. It affects nothing. It right. doesn't matter what he says. The votes will be counted. What I mean, they say is so that silly. if Trump declares victory, we're going to take to the streets. Like, you guys take to the streets every year for something <laughs> or another. Well, wouldn't you, couldn't you see that happening in 2020, though? Trump has an early lead, or it looks like he's going to win Florida, and so he goes out immediately. Says, I, he tweets, I'm going to win this thing. Congratulations to me. This is awesome. <laughs> then people start looting, and then four days later, no, actually, Biden's winning. After the looting has happened, after the destruction, and everybody goes, oh, my bad, no problem. Like, did you see that possibly happening? <laughs> totally. No, totally. And also, you know what's funny, and, and this is we're going to go through this no matter what. Suddenly, a candidate's bad, selfish behavior on election night is going to come to the surface, surface as mm-hmm. if it's the first time ever. You know, last right. time... Somebody never came out to say bye to her followers and gave them <laughs> hope through the next day and never really conceded, never really did. She called him. But really, you know, this was a Russian thing and this was, you know, this was never over. Al Gore took his concession back. You know, you know, election night does not generally bring out the best in a lot of presidential <laughs> candidates. I understand psychologically you've invested a lot. And by that night, uh, you're so damn close. <clears throat> but... Yeah, I don't I don't suspect. I do think that if Biden wins, then maybe there I think there will be some riots on election night regardless. If Biden wins, certainly. I think if Biden wins, there will be riots and protests and violence uh, in the streets here for the next probably well into if 20 Biden if wins? wins. No, if Biden wins. Really? I think no matter what the, the No, protests, if Trump wins, there's riot. Well, well, if that's Biden wins, kind of, where are they rioting? Well, that's where? The, 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 no, I mean, I think that that all of these progressive groups no matter what want to be seen and heard. And if Biden wins, he's going to be put on notice immediately. Do you think Monica Cannon Grant and Black Lives Matter and stuff in Boston? I mean, they're, the, our situation in Boston is a little better. Yes, I do. I think the country is obsessed with Trump as the boogeyman. And if the boogeyman is gone, I think for a brief period, people are going to think, oh, my God, it can be Big Rock Candy Mountain again. And that the wake-up call isn't November. The wake-up call is by, like, April, where they're like, wait a second. Biden got in. Nothing's really that different because D.C. is D.C., except that Biden's doing a couple of liberal socialist things. But life still sucks for the people that have been complaining. And that's where he's going to have problems if he's even around at that point. Who knows? No, the, the, the influencers in these huge demonstration demonstrations will immediately try to pillage the Biden campaign. Uh, in the, the Biden presidency. They all want a piece. I mean, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren is publicly suggesting that she wants a cabinet position immediately. I think the Black Lives Matter will want their agenda supercharged. I think that 
Green New Deal people. Ed Markey, and uh, I know that he's not exactly a force to be reckoned with, but Bernie still has a constituency. I think that that's, that's going to be the problem. Yes, on election night, if Trump would somehow win, people are going to riot because people have lost their freaking minds. And I think in Groton, Massachusetts, people will like, burn down the 7-Eleven because, <laughs> because people have too much invested themselves in this. They've never Too many people have never come to terms with why they lost in 2016. You know, I was just telling Alice, Phoebe, that we a friend of mine who lives in one of, a really nice town, we'll say like Wellesley, she's my age. Uh, she um, she had on her front door a by Don. She carved her pumpkin to have it say by Don, like B-Y-E-D-O-N, by Don. Mm-hmm. You know that, that thing. She carved a punk, pumpkin to do that, that said that. And she is a big lefty, like everybody is around here, but she's a really nice person. But she's, she's a really nice person. So she would never, like, intimidate somebody on purpose. It's just that she just assumes that everybody coming to her door will agree with that sentiment. You know? <laughs> it's like invasion of the body snatches. Yeah. You better have that look in your eyes or else you're <laughs> She just assumes. So like, why would... pretend, it's like a zombie. You know, you pretend you're a zombie and you might be okay. But No, I, don't, I think he, what you're going to find, Jadig, is if Biden wins. And I don't know that it's going to happen. But if he does... What, what you're going to find so much troubling, and Alice probably knows this already because she's much smarter than you, Shattuck, mm, is that and one the left is all going to try and rewrite history about how they behaved during the Trump presidency. Yes. They're going to try and convince you that they were awesome and they played by Marcus of Queensbury rules <laughs> and they understood that he was the president. And so they tried to help the country along and they're just going to keep saying that. And you're going to go, oh, my God, they're really trying to sell us on this. And if they say it for eight years because somehow they get reelected, they might just be able to pull that off. But I think that's the game plan, which is going to be gross. Of course. Of course. It's all revisionist history with them because they they can't deal with the reality that their dire predictions never happened. So, you know, right now Trump is Hitler and he has concentration camps and he's like creeping authoritarianism and he has militias that are going to take over. So when that doesn't happen, they'll have to rewrite it because it doesn't make sense to like be in the resistance and be this nuts over somebody who just lowered taxes and, you know, tightened up immigration a little bit. That's not like that crazy. So and I saw you know, I'm a little bit younger than Tom, but um, but I really first saw this with George W. Bush because I grew up in Lexington and it, that was extremely liberal. Like, you know, parents wrote their kids notes to um, be excused from school to protest the Iraq war liberal. So um, we, you know, were all everyone around me was super liberal. And, you know, Bush was this terrible dictator. He said, if you're not with us, you're against us. He was an imperialist. He, you know, talked about fire and brimstone in the Middle East. And he was trying to make a Christian empire. And he was crazy. And he was an idiot and this and that. And they were hanging him in effigy and comparing him to a monkey and all this stuff. And now they have Trump. And they look back and they act like they... Bush was totally normal and they were totally reasonable about that and everything was fine. And I had friends in 2008 who were convinced that Bush and Cheney were going to try and hang on to power and seize control and not allow Obama to be inaugurated. So I've seen this one before. I know how they act. And I know that when the next Republican comes along, they're going to behave as though Trump was totally fine. He was Reagan-esque. Everything was normal. and that, But that now this new Republican is like the worst threat to liberty they've ever seen in their lives. And they can't believe it. And they're going to have to start up the resistance the, all over again. So 
I, I've seen it play out. You're absolutely right. It's going to be, they're going to have a total, totally different outlook on Trump when he's not in office and, and give them like 10 years and there'll be a new Republican boogeyman to be mad at. Yeah. We'll see. Again, it all depends who wins, right? I mean, and also what happens with the Senate. If the Dems get it all, <laughs> you better stock up, Alice. You better fill that basement, fill that barn, fill the outhouse, fill everything you got because they're coming for it. If they get the White House but not the Senate, things are going to be less crazy, obviously. And if they don't get the White House or the Senate, well, then you better carve a pumpkin that says Don should be gone, Shannon, because that might be the only way that you protect your establishment. <laughs> All right, VB, um, before we let you go, are you um – are you going to start a podcast? Like your own, oh, your own I don't venture, know. apart that's, from any monolithic. It's such a hypothetical out of nowhere. Right. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but you would, I mean, obviously nothing has changed. Everything's absolutely the same as it was last week or last year at this time for both of us. Everything is the same. So, but, um, but you wouldn't, uh, what are the pluses? Minus? I mean, you could do it from your house if you wanted to. Oh, actually, you can only do it from your house, <laughs> as a matter of fact. <laughs> Where you, one... Did you not hear the governor earlier? Yeah, no. actually, you... Yeah, no, we're working on the election. We're trying to focus on getting this country right, man, and trying to get the healing to begin. Oh, and then after that, we'll see where we go. <laughs> How did I sound? How'd I do there? Jesus. <laughs> if you were to write a book, VB, what would the next book be on? Uh, you, you just stay tuned, young man. You, you, at some point, Alice will be reading you another book. I don't know what it'll be, when it'll be, or how it'll be, but that's going to happen someday. How about a book where, where not a lot of people die? Now that I can definitely not promise. <laughs> hmm. No, that, you sound like my wife when you said that, by the way. <laughs> that's why I laughed. No, that's not going to happen. All right, VB, you should follow him on Twitter. He is. Maybe he'll check in with us tomorrow during election night. Maybe you know? he will. We're debating if we should do some kind of a special show tomorrow night. Yeah. I just don't know how interesting tomorrow's going to be because I don't know that we're going to know this stuff. I mean, if you find out that Biden's up 47, 45 in Pennsylvania, then you go, OK, we're not going to know for three days in Pennsylvania. Like, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to know on these things. I think this fear is Michigan, overblown. Michigan, Wisconsin, I mean, et cetera. A lot of these states, they already have like 80% of the ballots back of the number of people who voted total in 2016. So then you add in the in-person votes. Like, I just don't know how much is going to be left to be counted. Like, how much is still going to be trickling in over those next few days or weeks or whatever. I you know, there will be a few, but that's always the case. You know, they always call the state with still a little bit outstanding unless it's really, really close. And I mean, if things are really, really close, I don't think that that's a good sign for Biden, given how much the polls have him up. You know, quickly if, before we go, by the way, are we all on the same page? Uh, yes on one, no on two. Uh, that's where I am. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I that's think, how it's I think everybody's out. there, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it's going to pan yes, out. Yes, yes, on right to my pair, favorite, no ranked choice. My favorite ad of all the ads, so other than the guy that said, uh, that's all the ad, eight seconds when he said uh, de Blasio's the worst mayor ever. That was great. My second favorite ad is the one that's the no on one that says, why would you trust these small mechanics with your information? Do you know how easy it is to get that stuff? 
the implication being, of course, that somehow we're supposed to trust the big companies with our information right. because nothing could ever happen there. No. Somehow we wouldn't be at risk there. But the guy that we know, that's the guy to be worried about. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that that's how they're going about trying to defeat question one. But they are. I guess fear never loses. So maybe right. we'll see. But that ad is just mind boggling. I mean, I think out of purely self-interest, I think yes on one is going to win. Um for people who might not know or might not be in Massachusetts, that's right to repair. You know, yes. if, if the small time mechanics can get the car data off the computers to do the repairs on the car. I mean, I prefer to be ripped off by the little guy, <laughs> by the little guy, local guy. Well, the argument yeah, I want to be ripped off by the we guy down the street. Already, but the, the argument is okay, the little guy says he would like your information. Do you believe the little guy wants your information so he can screw you over or because he wants to actually be able to get the parts for your car? The big guy say, you can't have them get your information, not because it won't help them fix your car, but because somebody might hack into their stuff and steal them. But if I'm a hacker, wouldn't I hack into the bigger guy? Like, I don't, I've never understood how. Of course, or you'll just somehow go- we're more vulnerable if my local guy has access to my info, but the bigger guy who already has my info and won't let anybody else get after it, he's looking out for me somehow. Hmm, right. Of course, and as everybody goes online and willingly puts all their private information on 48 different websites per day. So, I mean, I've given up on controlling my data. But but I think they're smart to do it. I think that that is, like, scary to people. But, I I mean, how are you going to sell the... The law, otherwise, I don't. I don't yeah. see how you can sell a no response to people on that. So, I mean, I think they've chosen I, the only tactic that has any legs right. to well, it. Well, I think those referendum questions for many of us will could possibly be the only things to celebrate uh, when this whole thing happens. Uh, Alice VB has a book to write. VB, thank you so much. He is uh, on Twitter at VB the Wise. You can don't have to follow him, by the way, and you should be following me. That's important. Um, and uh, we'll check in with you, VB. I know that you're no more available starting today than you were any other day at all, but I'm going to snoop around and see if you're available for uh, for a hit here and there on Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel. Maybe someday you'll uh, sprout your wings and join the Tom Shaddock Burn Barrel <laughs> Network, which will mean you really made it. But uh, I, do, <laughs> I do appreciate it. Uh, I do appreciate it. Phoebe, thank you so much. I think I gotta go get some Chinese food in honor of talking to you, Shannon. Ooh, God, I wish we could have it. See you later. Night. <laughs> Bye. Hey. See you, Alice. So there you go. That is uh, VB Doug Gowdy at VB the Wise on on Twitter. Um, glean from that what you will. Like I said when we started, that um, I think uh, I think there's plenty of forensics for there for you to uh, understand. You know. But uh, so that's it. I mean, you know, media companies are hurting and more media companies are going to lay off more and they're going to shut down more. And the personalities that you like in a lot of these companies and these shows, they can't. uh, Let's say, for instance, out of the blue, I'm not saying this has anything to do with 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 anything. But let's say you had a huge company called iHeart, for instance, and they're huge and they're international and they're certainly national. And one of the many things they do is market and um, and sell uh, music and events to young people. And that is the tentpole of that business model, let's just say, was that kind of thing. And this year, the events are all gone, and the in-person activities are gone, 
and the you know the the whole world a uh, universe full of amenities if you will that a company like that let's say was selling um have collapsed then then companies like that have to make drastic cuts and and um so companies like that make cuts newspapers like my like not like mine obviously because uh, uh i'm not writing a book but newspapers tv all of these places are making cuts the revenue this year the revenue has been torpedoed so that is what is happening and that is one of the reasons else oh, how was that with the vb stuff Fabulous. Because people will be angry at us because we did not uh, ask him a, the specific question. But I think it was very think... clear to me in a previous conversation that he is not somebody at liberty to speak about that particular question. Right. We did what we could, everybody. And, um, right. you know, follow the breadcrumb trail, if you will. Exactly. Exactly. I, I would assume that on Wednesday at 12.15 or noon, whatever, you will hear a voice from Cape Girardeau. Uh, that's what I would assume. But so, but you know, to kind of go in general on what you were saying about the media, I think that this is something that you're going to see more and more of in media. Obviously, um, you and Michael Graham were laid off unceremoniously from TKK, which became a hip hop station <clears throat> about 24 hours after your dismissal, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, I. I've been a fan of that station forever, uh, 96.9, the the FM talk station in Boston. Um, now we're down to a half of a, a talk radio station in Boston, basically, that's on the AM dial. Um, there's not much there. The newspaper business, obviously, is not precisely thriving. Uh, some of the big-name papers, like the New York Times and the Washington Post, have done pretty well in the Trump era, you know, kind of trading off of this, like, my God, we're the only thing standing between you and fascism kind of rhetoric but um you know the this industry is changing a lot a lot and in some ways it's kind of cool because um i think that the internet has given your favorite news personalities kind of more control over creating content than they ever have before and getting out there and saying what they want to say and there's all kinds of platforms out there to hear from people uh it might be a little more work to go look for them but you should and there's there's a big trend towards newsletters right now to subscribing to newsletters to podcasts to uh all these kinds of um platforms it's you know like the new blogging really and i think that ultimately it will shake down and be okay but the the news industry is not going to look like uh, what it has looked like for the last few decades anyway. Um, So Mm -hmm. get out there, find people you like to listen to. I listen to and read so many different news sources. (laughs) I read so many different things, some of which I agree with and some of which I don't. And, you know, if you're somebody who likes consuming news, it's the future has never been brighter because there's so much out there. But, um, it is. It is shaking it is changing up a lot. And contracting, no doubt. Back where it belongs, which is up. It's Charlie. Have to again. do it now. This... So this is one of the reasons why this has been expedited. The end of media as mm-hmm. we know it, because in 2020, politicians have decided to do the most cowardly, cowardly thing they possibly can. And even though we don't know if this is the, th- we certainly don't know this isn't going to scare the virus away. We do know that this is going to destroy our livelihoods. And we don't know how many lives it's saving or not. Back where it belongs, which is up. 
and we have to do it now to slow the spread of COVID and protect our hospital system. Today, protect our hospital system. The hospital system is fine. Back where it belongs, which is up. And we have to do it now to slow the spread of COVID and protect our hospital system. Today, we're announcing a series of targeted interventions. First, the Department of Public Health will once again issue a stay-at-home advisory. This time, the advisory will be in fact from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. Residents should stay home between these hours with exceptions like going to work or to the grocery store. I've also signed an executive order that will require indoor recreation facilities, theaters, casinos, and virtually anything else that's open that's an entertainment venue to close at 9.30. It will also require restaurants to stop providing table service at 9.30, but they can continue to provide carryout. It will also shut down liquor sales at restaurants and at grocery stores and package stores and convenience stores at 9.30 p.m. We've also updated the gatherings order to reduce the gathering limit of private homes to 10 people for indoor gatherings and 25 people for outdoor gatherings. With limited exceptions, this order also requires that all gatherings inside, outside, and private homes or event venues need to end by 9.30. <laughs> and finally, I signed an updated face covering order. The new order requires everyone above the age of five to wear a face covering in public. We're making this clear for everyone. No more. God, go to hell. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. So sick of it. That's not the game. The game is not that we signed a compact with our government that tells us that to navigate through a health crisis our lives and livelihoods have to be destroyed. No, that nobody signed on to that. That is BS. That is BS. Now, Alice, I have something you suggested that is a piece of audio that says audio that about Idaho will be a good counter to this. I have one that says uh, uh, Idaho uh, Lieutenant Governor Ad Janice. Right. That. Yep. Or Idaho IT Lieutenant Governor Ad. I have two. Are they the same? Um, I think. Well, yeah. One's just numbered and one's not. Okay, like set this up for us. Tell me what we're about to hear. So, um, yeah, so they they tried the governor put in who's a Republican in Idaho some new uh, COVID restrictions, and uh, a bunch of the elected Republicans in the state, all these like state officials, put out an ad with a libertarian group yelling at him about it. Wow, including his lieutenant governor. Oh, how cool <laughs> so, is that? So now imagine declaration to Idaho residents yeah. and public officials. We, the people of the state of Idaho, reaffirm our solemn commitment to the foundational principles that have made America the greatest country in the world. As stated in our state constitution and restated here, we remain grateful to Almighty God for our freedoms. Here's the Lieutenant Governor. All of us are by nature free and equal and have certain inalienable rights. She's pulling out her Bible. Are enjoying and defending life and liberty. And now she pulls out her handgun that she's holding with her Bible. The fact that a pandemic may or may not be occurring changes nothing about the meaning or intent of the state constitution in the preservation of our inalienable rights. Despite this being in direct contravention of our state's founding principles, state and local officials have for months denied the people of our state basic and fundamental rights by issuing a long procession of emergency orders and edicts that have denied people freedom of movement love it love it 
Damn right, Idaho. Dang it. Yeah, imagine Karen Polito put out an ad telling Charlie Baker he was encroaching on yeah. inalienable rights. That would be something. I love it. I love it. All right, let's jump out to the campaign trail. President Obama, every time he reminds me, uh, he is, every time you think, wow, President Trump is a unique jerk, I've, I am reminded by President Obama just what an arrogant arrogant tool he was so often he's still worrying about his inauguration crowd being smaller than mine it really bugs him he talked about he's still talking about that does he have nothing better to worry about did no one come to his birthday party when he was a kid uh, sir, you're supposed to be promoting <laughs> Joe Biden, sir. We realize your crowd was big, but uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's running for president, sir. Was he traumatized? What? What? What's with crowds? Well, you know, I've I've had crowds before, you know. Oh yeah, we know, we know, <laughs> we know. You know, yeah, we get it, we get it. Jesus, uh. he's such an arrogant jerk. I do not miss that whatsoever. Oh God, being preached to. Yes, yes, uh, exactly. New to this scheme called politics, uh, angry progressives. Your guy was a jerk too. I understand nobody was a jerk like like uh, Trump was a jerk, but Obama was wonderfully uh, just insulting and condescending. I mean, we used to we used to have the uh, the audio on a daily basis. Deanna, some countries in Europe, such as the UK and France and Germany, are actually reinstituting lockdowns if Joe Biden wins. Should another lockdown be on the table? This is my buddy Pete Pooter, Judge. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that because we will see swift action coordinating with and supporting public health authorities telling us what we can do as citizens without requiring any kind of mandates. But everything has to be on the table in order to keep Americans safe. Uh, yes, that means yes. It's locking down the moment somebody says anything, although... Who knows if Biden's president, if somebody will say that we need a lockdown. Well, but- here's the thing. Europe is locking down. France is locking down. The UK is locking down because contrary to popular belief, Trump is not uniquely bad at this. And, um, the, you know, what the public health officials are actually saying, if we're going to listen to the public health officials without, you know, weighing other concerns at all into the equation if we're just going to do whatever they say, what they're saying is that even if we do everything right, we could sporadically have lockdowns until the end of next year. So Joe Biden's saying that, like, well, once I'm there, I'll handle it better so we won't need lockdowns. Like, nice try, but there's going to be lockdowns. Right. And thankfully for those of us in in uh, the United States and Massachusetts, it seems like our lockdowns in Massachusetts are not starting for a few days and I'm sure that'll be the policy around the country, which is good, because we want the uh, e- the Trump rioters, if Trump wins or loses, I think, but if Trump loses, the Trump rioters are going to tear through the cities. And that's why you see all these all these barricades now being put up all over the place in stores, being, being uh, plywooded up, you know, even though we've seen them already destroyed about 18 times this summer by violent leftists, which is what they are. But that's not what CNN and our good friend Brian Stelter are telling us what it is. Not surprisingly, he sucks at this. But the president is attacks on democracy because ultimately the next few days are all about, well, this, what you wrote here for the paper, for the magazine. You said an American president attacking American democracy by sowing doubt about the results in advance of an election has simply never been seen before. 
whoever wrote that line is certainly eligible, in my opinion. <laughs> now, let me just put it this way. If I write a line that says that, that is attacking democracy, sowing doubts, then I need to be slapped to death. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, what a haggard, overused thing. Sowing doubts about our democracy. Suggesting, go to hell. What do you think politicians do and these guys do? Every day, CNN told us that Vladimir Putin was running the United States of America for two years. Give me that horse bleep. And he continues to do it every single day. Is that what journalists are privately worried about? I asked you what they're privately saying. There are very few journalists in the United <laughs> States. Let me just say that. Is this what members of the media are privately very worried about? We talk about... That's better, Brian. Members of the media, those, there's a lot of those. Unrest. Buildings in downtown D.C. being boarded up. Is it fundamentally because the president himself is attacking the election? And say yes, please. Brian, I have covered American elections since 1990. I have never seen a situation where not only journalists, but a broad swath of the American public uh, doesn't trust in what the out... Who is this person? Um, oh, this is... Who's Brian Stelter interviewing here? Let me see. It's on the Chiron on the video. She's that she's saying come is going to be on Tuesday night. Doesn't trust, uh, you know, that our system fundamentally is going to hold up. And I believe in 2000, there was some question as to how things were going to end up and what was going to happen to our democracy. Uh, I was there for that one. In 2004, the same thing. You know, half of the country still feels that Diebold machines were tampered with to give John to carry the election. You know, uh, Hillary Clinton failed to show up on election night to tell her people to go home and uh, always contended and contends to this day that uh, apart from um, chauvinism, um, it was the Russians who who gave Trump, stole this election for Donald Trump. That is Susan Glasser of The New Yorker. Okay. And that has been a purposeful strategy of the president of the United States. And I would say that, you know, let's let's hope uh, for all of our sake, uh, Democrat and Republican, uh, that uh, the system holds and that there's a clear cut outcome, that it's accepted by both sides. I would say that the damage has already uh, been striking and notable. And you. The media apparatchiks. Democratic politicians, elected Democratic le leaders, um, sanctioned violence in the streets and mob rule. You let somebody, a bunch of thugs and hooligans and punks, create an autonomous country in a city in this this summer. So d tell me about the freaking fab fabric of the country. God, shut up. Already been done. We've never had a president who's been willing to attack the legitimacy of our institutions of American democracy in this way before, and he has not been condemned uh, by. No, nobody's attacked, let's say, the criminal justice system, no, and suggested that it's a racist from front to back, suggested that there are law enforcement officers, our shock troops, who are wantonly and regularly killing people for sport. Nobody's attacked the left. Never used to attack the United States media. I mean, sorry, the, the United States military, in in an effort in in Iraq certainly to undermine the war effort and do whatever they could to embolden you know the enemy to uh you know to make a better IUD to blow the hell out of U.S. troops there. 
This is such incredible in total horse bleep. His party in doing so. And I just I think that, uh, you know, even in a best case scenario, uh, we will be assessing the damage from this period for a very long time. These are things that were literally unthinkable. And people talk about Bush versus Gore in 2000. Yes. The truth is, is that uh, when it was all over uh, and throughout the process, you had both President Bush and Al Gore who were believers in the system. Uh, Gore gave a gracious concession and Bush gave a gracious acceptance. Only took two and a half months. Please <laughs> act as if like we didn't watch that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's one thing I remember about that. Wow, everybody's really gracious. Everybody's really gracious. Remember um, uh, uh, selected, not elected? Everybody seemed, all those bumper stickers seemed really gracious about Bush for years and years and years. <laughs> Didn't take long. You know, it took one terrorist attack and then about three weeks before they were right back at being so gracious on the left. In which they both ultimately mm -hmm. came together. I think the fear here is that that might not happen this time. Right. In 2000, there weren't buildings being boarded up in major cities. Now, look, let's be honest. Probably that's happening, Susan, because... Um, there were huge <laughs> riots in, in in 2000. There was the World Trade riots, um, and uh, there were other. There was in the 1970s, 1980s. There are hundreds of bombs going off across this country. Don't act as if any of this stuff. Right. Is, buildings right. being boarded up is something new, Brian Stelter, because locally elected Democratic officials won't protect the people in the property being victimized by violent, thuggish mobs who you celebrate as freedom fighters. That's why this is new, dickhead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't. I, freaking unbelievable. We, well, I want to hear his theory of why this is happening, though. Is that coming? I think so. No, it's not. It's over. Isn't it? Oh, okay, it's done. So that's why. So I guess he said it at the beginning, basically. Yep. Like, it's happening because Trump is undermining faith in our democracy. Right, right. And, you know, the democracy did plenty to undermine faith in it over the last three <laughs> years, along with the uh, with the, the fourth column or what the, the, hell, the hell the media is supposed to be. But um, we'll see as it goes. Although, you know what? Undermining faith in democracy to, you know, rejiggering your faith in democracy. Very interesting to see this bizarre home... Uh, you know, video recording from his phone of Billy Bush in L.A. watching this Trump rally go by. And he seems to be in good spirits about the whole thing. But he had like five minutes of this endless Trump rally. Mm -hmm. All right. One more wave. Trump rally down the Ventura Boulevard in Encino, which is something I never thought I'd see. But it's been going for half an hour. There's a lot of cars here. Look at this guy. Holy mackerel. Look at that spread. <laughs> There's a guy. So that goes on and on. Our buddy Billy Bush. God, am I in a new phase where I'm saying our buddy and our friend? What a yeah. jerk. I can't. You know what? You should do more talking. I should do less else. <sighs> to beat the virus, we first got to beat Donald Trump. He went on record with a leading journalist. He said he knew, he knew how dangerous it was. But he lied to the American people. Rounding the turn. I say it's, it drives them crazy. It's rounding the turn. Because all they want to do, you turn in the news. COVID, COVID. So we talked to a TV about this. And mm -hmm. I do think that this is, um, that I'm sorry. I think the optimism is is a good idea. To be optimism. We want to feel like we've rounded the turn. We have rounded a turn. We mm -hmm. now know how it kills. We now more know more about it. We know treatments. 
you know, we have more, um, uh, more um, medications, whatever, you know, than we did before. We have more supplies. Therapeutics, exactly. And all this other stuff. COVID, 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 COVID. We'd like to talk about COVID. And then next year, here's what happens. November 4th. You won't hear too much about it. You won't hear too much about it. There is something to be said for that. And the data suggests that we don't... Re- oh, Jesus. Sorry about that. Wait, you didn't get to the part of that video. W- with Trump? Isn't that the Fire Fauci video? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rounding the... Tur- I say it's, it drives him crazy. It's rounding the turn. Because all they want to do, you turn in the news. COVID, 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 COVID. We'd like to talk about COVID. And then uh, next year, here's what happens. November 4th. You won't hear too much about it. You won't hear too much about it. Fire Fauci. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. <laughs> I appreciate the advice. Now, he's been wrong on a lot. He's a nice man, though. He's been wrong on a lot. Do not, under any circumstances, wear a man. All right. So before we get to it, I want to play uh, I want to play this entire chicken thing we talked about yesterday. Unless there's something else you want to add. Else. Um, no, go ahead. So a week later, this video shows a guy comes home with an order of chicken wings for himself. He comes home with an order, uh, some other order for his wife or girlfriend, young guy, young, young girl. And so um, she wants a chicken wing. He says no and holds the line. Here's that audio. I'm waiting till food now. Mm-hmm. About, you said you wanted this. And I told you I'm not going to eat it. But why are you not going to eat it? Because you won't give me none of your wings. But I asked you. Before I left, did you want some wings? You said no. Because I don't want wings. I want one but of your wings. you got your food. I, and I want one of your wings because they look good. And I don't want a whole bunch. I just want one. Okay, but you know. Now, listen, I I know. I know. That is a absolute stick it. She had the <laughs> chance, all the opportunity in the world. In your mind, you see you've got your 11 wings, whatever. You know what you need. You know yourself. You're a man. You know how many wings you need. You've given her a fair chance to to pipe up about it, but no, she's got to just want to pick on your plate. I realize, I understand <laughs> the feeling that you're having inside. Again, uh, All right, well, you're not getting that. I don't want that. Yo, she made me baddest for nothing, bro, because she won't want in my wing. Now he's talking about the food he got her, a really good-looking food combo. She now is refusing to eat it out of protest, <laughs> out of principle, because... He won't, wouldn't give her a just one wing. After I told her, do she want a wing? Do she want some wings before I left? She said no. She said she wanted that. So I get home and I pull this out. She want one. I said no. I want to eat my own food. She gonna get mad and say she don't even want the food no more. Like why do y'all females do this? Correct. It's sad. No, it's sad. <laughs> I'm not giving you nothing. It's like a personal problem. You gotta go order some. Yeah, it is a personal problem, my friend. <laughs> Unfortunately, just share your food. No, no, no. Well, if you're a so, family, you share what? food. When no, our kids no. take, and you know, I always tell them like split it with your brother or your sister. This is not. First of all, they are dating. He needs to set some parameters now. <laughs> 
she, because she just on a whim, says, oh, no, no, I just want one of your... He wants to have his own food, to have, you know, sanctity, and to be left untouched by exterior forces. He just wants to be able to go and enjoy his freaking food. That's all he wants. It means so much to him. Now, if you want some of what he wants, he's happy to buy you 12 wings. Even if you want one, he doesn't even care. He just wants his wings. That's all he wants. And you have to come tamper with his freaking <laughs> with his freaking pleasure. God forbid this dude just try to. It's just and, one chicken wing. One ch that's a terrible, and that is such a female thing. <laughs> that is such I a would share a thing. chicken wing it's with horrible. you, honey. I know, I know. And I would if you came and you were looking at what I and was. And I don't eating. understand that about you because I would, I would hate. I would stab me in the throat <laughs> with a fork. I mean, but that's crazy. I literally. I would when give I you cook, one of my chicken wings because I love you, and that's what when we I cook do pork. For each and other. I did this today when I cook pork, gorgeous pork ribs, and I share it with my wife and kids. I literally cut off all the good pieces for me and eat them because it's delicious and it's very fatty, of course. And they don't know. My wife doesn't <laughs> know that the other pieces aren't that good. None of the kids are, or my or Alice's palates are are good enough to understand. They think it's yummy anyway. It is yummy, right? It is well, fine. If you ever cut off all the fat for yourself, I would be so horrified. Horrified. I would rather no. I'm not going to say. I what want I would you rather. to have the part that you love. That makes oh, you happy. Oh, stop! You'd stop being a better person, Alice. There but... is a dastardly part of you that people haven't met yet. <laughs> but I would. But I do share my food, and you should. Sh if you. Love your wife or your girlfriend or your family. Right, but you share food. That's what you do. No, no. But he's happy to provide her with even more. He just wants to have his own freaking thing. She wants it because he wants it. She is toying with him because yeah, she's manipulative by too. nature because it comes with a package and he is being harassed by her. No. The kids are different. Those are in those are they a whole different group of barbarian eating... invaders. Those, we, we, not, we don't have to bring those people up now. I was eating the pork that you made today for lunch, and the kids had all eaten their fill and rejected what was left. And then I came along to finish mine, and then they all decided that they needed to eat mine off my plate. And I let them eat, too, because it's different, Alice. we're not living in... Technically, the kids are... Um, are what's that called? Parasites. We're not right? like I in mean, survival gotta... mode in the jungle well, Alice, here. We have you and I. If we don't feed the kids and they die, <laughs> we're going to be in some trouble. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe we should go back to some chivalry where men take responsibility for feeding their right. Wives well, this uh, this guy right here, he too. was he was willing to give her an extra her own order of it. Take the financial hit for it. He was happy. That's all he just wanted his little his moment to himself to have joy, but she had to go and torpedo the whole thing and then make it and make a, a a federal case about it and then not eat hers. So now he's in triple trouble, where he's not eating hers. By the end of the night, you know he's going to be a, a a whimpering, you know, uh, <coughs> um, what's that called? Not castrated, but emasculated. <laughs> emasculated castrated is down the road a little bit emasculated <laughs> no. uh, dude who's got to now he's probably got to surrender all of his wings and she gets to eat her own thing just leave the guy yeah so alone. wouldn't it have been better just to give her a wing in the first place well I mean for him he he's right on the merits and right now he's young enough that he believes that there's justice in the world and that things there's a certain symmetry and honor among people there's not a, there's not honor among all people my friend <laughs> Not amongst wives and girlfriends. Uh, no comment. <laughs> no. Um, no comment. I'll be in tomorrow from twelve to three, every, like I am every day. Um, but I'm just saying that 
this is this is a men learn that transacting with women is mm-hmm. not a fair exercise. It's not an equitable exercise. But it is a prudent exercise. And this guy will learn that as he goes on. <laughs> that to simply you could easily win in any court of law and in the eyes of God, like I said, he could win this argument. It's already won for him. But the idea is that this is a moment, a snapshot in a battle. This is not the war. So in the snapshot in the battle, sometimes you lead with your diplomacy rather than with your, with your logic, young man. And that's Tom's tips for marriage. <laughs> we'll have some of these every day, by the way. Tom's tips for marriage. Follow us at Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, follow us at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Uh, you can check out TomShaddock.com. Um, yes, do check out our social media in case we do decide to do any live streams or anything like that. You'll be the first to know about anything like that coming up. So take a look. Email us. What's the email again? Sing it, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Burn Barrel Podcast at Gmail. At Ella Shattuck. At Tommy Shattuck. That's at Twitter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.